those uh, uh, seminal physics uh, revelations that that we all got through uh, Newton's Principia Mathematica and uh, the other luminaries of his era, you know, the things like cause and effect. Welcome to the Phase 4 podcast inspired by Vishen Lakhiani and Ajit Nawalka, co-founders of Evercoach, a division of Vine Valley. In this podcast, we speak to coaches and creatives about where they were, where they are, and where they are going. This is the intersection of what we focus on expands, and your story is your superpower. My guest today is Greg Coombe. He's a manifesting coach specializing in manifesting the big stuff, successful health, fitness, wealth, family, marriage, career, relationships. These are just some of the examples of the things that Greg can help you manifest. In addition, he's written almost a dozen books, and I'm just grateful that he's joining me today. And Greg, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, JP. It's my honor to be here. Yeah. And so I usually kind of start with like, how did you end up in this space? I know we talked off air a little bit, but maybe tell us a bit more about yourself and how you ended up here. Well, I'd, I'd love to, JP. And just as an, an aside, I want to tell you that I, I like to jot down notes when I'm having a, an important conversation. So if you see me looking to the side, it's invariably what I'm doing. Uh, my intention is to be here fully present with you. And uh, one of the things is that, by the way, that I think is really interesting about a podcast is it's a, it's a rudimentary form of time travel because uh, I'm sharing this information uh, with you right now. And when people watch and listen to this uh, conversation, they're going to be watching and listening to it right now. Only their right now is our future. And their right now, our right now is their past. So we, I, I think one day future humans will look back on the, the internet, social media, video, YouTube, podcasts, whatnot, as primitive rudimentary time travel and that's kind of what got me here to this space not time travel itself but being fascinated by those sorts of things being fascinated by uh the way that science has always guided us has always given us the reasons for doing things the way we do them we we call those things paradigms and i came to this uh having been a history major and one of my favorite topics in history uh, always was how the scientific revolution and the science of Isaac Newton and, you know, those, those, those uh, uh, seminal physics uh, revelations that, that we all got through uh, Newton's Principia Mathematica and uh, the other luminaries of his era, you know, the things like cause and effect. Um, rules like that, that allowed Western civilization to evolve, to take place, to, you know, create the Western world that, that we live in now. And uh, JP, I'm sure you and many of your listeners know that quantum physics has not 
it hasn't supplanted classical physics. It hasn't supplanted Isaac Newton and, and all those truths because they still work. Quantum physics, however, gives us a much, much more precise body of science. So when we base the decisions we make, when we base our choices in how we act and live as human beings on quantum paradigms rather than Newtonian paradigms, it doesn't guarantee us uh, instant success, perhaps. That's a too strong a word. It doesn't give us, you know, a genie's powers where we can snap our fingers necessarily and change our reality instantaneously. But, oh boy, does it put us in a better position to manifest versions of life that are pleasing to us because there's no doubt. I mean, it's beyond question scientifically. Every human being is creating a unique version of reality for themselves in every moment of their life. That is what we do. There's no opt out of that. You cannot abscond that responsibility. What you can do, however, is learn to manifest your life more intentionally, right? There's, there's default manifesting, which is manifesting my life by using the beliefs I inherited as a small child. And, uh, and then there's manifesting my life more intentionally, which involves growing my beliefs and then letting those more aligned beliefs uh, improve the reality that I'm manifesting, much like a tide does for the boats in a harbor when it comes in. And I don't know about you, JP, but when it comes to those really hard-to-reach parts of our life, you know, the really important stuff, you mentioned the big stuff, you know, like our health, our wealth, our love life, our family, our career, these parts of our lives that are so integral to being a fulfilled human. Uh, I have found we can't be too intentional about how we manifest those things. Yeah. So I love it. So there's so much in there. So let's unpack some of it, right? Some people might not know Newtonian physics, quantum physics. Newton, I heard, was sitting under an apple tree during a pandemic, actually. And the apple falls down. Aha. Maybe it's just a good visualization and representation of how to do it. But he figured out gravity. There has to be a cause and effect. The apple falls. It goes to the earth. It doesn't float up. Now, quantum physics says that Everything you can think of and other things that you can't think of are a possibility in the quantum field. And so the opposite of cause and effect, we learned from Joe Dispenza, is to cause an effect. And so what that idea is, is that you're just kind of in the quantum field, you're doing your thing. There's an energy world as well as the physical world that we're watching. But in this energy world, like I said, everything's a possibility. And so you're attracting it towards you. And this is the beginning of manifesting, but it's not all of it. And we talk about manifesting and people are like, I want a Ferrari, I want $10 million, whatever it is. But you actually have to go do something. So yes, in your meditations or in your visualizations, practice that. Draw it towards you. Repeat the same visualization over and over again because it'll come more real. You'll add more details. And then what happens is when you come out of that, you can slowly go towards it. Your brain will figure out a way to get there. And things that are happening around you anyway, 
that you're not noticing, you'll start to see them more. You'll start to, if you're really aware, you start to see the signs and it becomes this beautiful dance between the two worlds. And so that was just um, to kind of open it up for some who may not know. And you said you're a history major. So that's, that informs everything. I love the way you started with the future because it's true, right? People are going to see it. It's going to be now for them. And a big part of this is that it's always the present moment, no matter where you are. And so time is not real. It's not linear. You can flip it upside down and you can have all of it at the exact same time. But that's enough about me. Let's talk more about you. So you talked about, um, all right, I kind of introduced how you can, you're manifest, you help people manifest all these other things. So maybe what would it look like to work with you and what kind of tools do you use? Yeah, great question. I, I, I do want to say, JP, that um, I recently, I was reading an article yesterday, actually, pondering why we can't remember the future because everything is happening all at once. We experience it this way, correct? Um, and experiencing it this way, experiencing it as a consciousness possessing space-time event in four-dimensional space-time, uh, which is what we're all doing. Uh, we, what science tells us, and this is, this is leading to, you know, what I do with people. What science tells us is that we are all actually different perspectives of the same thing, that what we really are is energy, even though we seem to possess this physical form right now. And even though everything else uh, seems to possess a physical form, in fact, it's more than seems, right? I mean, if I take off my shoe and kick my desk, it's going to hurt, right? It's not, that's not illusionary. Um, however, we really are energy, not philosophically, but tangibly energy. A good metaphor to illustrate or explain what we really are humans are, are we're like islands in an archipelago okay and it, and and if you're familiar with an archipelago uh most commonly we think of that as a chain of islands in the ocean but that's actually not what an archipelago is an archipelago is actually a gigantic underwater landmass that is poking or breaking the surface at a few points, and those are its islands, right? We are islands. The archipelago is the one field of energy, whether we want to call it God, the quantum field, the one consciousness. Uh, I I'm sure we can come up with a lot of names for it. We are breaking the surface here in you know four-dimensional space-time. And as consciousness-possessing entities, we have this unique ability to collapse this quantum field in every moment and create a unique version of life, of the universe that is ours alone. Now, obviously, we share this universe with other consciousness-possessing entities, so hopefully we bring some empathy and compassion and uh, stewardship to the way we manifest ourselves and our life. Uh, but typically, the people that I wind up working with are islands, you know, if we continue the metaphor, 
uh, who are experiencing what I, well, I call them glass ceilings. And I know that's not an unfamiliar term, but I, I use the term glass ceiling because I tend to work with people who are successful people. They are fulfilled people. There are many parts of their lives that work very well for them, that they're very successful in. And yet there are one or two of those, you know, hard to reach areas where they've worked at it. It the, the ceiling that's separating them from this this part of their life manifesting as they truly desire, that it's glass. They can see what's on the other side. It's not unreasonable for them to even expect that they should ought to be able to be experiencing it based on work they've done, based on their intentions, based on the fact that manifesting this part of their life this way not only wouldn't hurt anybody else, it would be a benefit to people. So why, why can't I get through that glass? It's so frustrating, you know, uh, it, it, especially when it's in one of these important areas. And invariably, what people come to understand when I work with them is that you're not responsible for those displeasing parts of your life being manifest so unfulfillingly because our life is manifest by our beliefs and we didn't pick our beliefs. We, I inherited my beliefs the same way you did, JP, from your most important sources and caregivers when you were a very small child. You started out learning uh, you know, the difference between dark and light. You started learning contrast, and then you learned spatial, dimensional constructs. I mean, and then it went from there, right? You learned the form, the function, the meaning, the value of everything. And those beliefs allowed you, allowed me, allowed everyone listening to manifest a life here in material reality. And they have continued to manifest this life for us. They have continued to manifest the form, the function, the meaning, and the value of our material reality. And, you know, we can say that reality is subjective. It's not subjective to us as we experience it. It's experiential and, and, it's, and it's tangible and it's real. It is subjective, however, because we could have inherited any beliefs. Any belief could have been uh, passed on to me in lieu of anything that, that I did receive. We could have swapped them out when I was a kid. Uh, my subconscious, where those beliefs reside, it doesn't care the, about the content of the beliefs. It, can, it cares about the consistency, the ability to manifest my reality, and the ability to do it safely by utilizing predictability. And so it has safeguarded those inherited beliefs, keeping them sacrosanct uh, from influence since I was a kid. And though it, invariably at the heart of any work that I do with someone is leading them through a belief raising process that I invented that works hand in glove with our subconscious 
by co by uh, coaching us to speak to our subconscious in its native tongue and coach it like like we're leading a small child across a busy street by holding his hand doing it safely doing it ethically doing it reliably using this process i am able to step by step one step at a time grow my beliefs my inherited beliefs that are proving themselves to be incapable and too limiting, growing them into alignment with my desires. And you know what? You know, going back to science, um, hey, we can look to systems theory. When a system changes itself, it automatically changes its environment. And uh, JP, as you well know, we are systems. Yeah, that's beautiful. And the end part there, right? When you change the environment, things can change. And so Bruce Lipton shows us this. He was a stem cell biologist and he had the, everything was growing in the same environment. He couldn't figure it out. He moved the environment and they started growing all differently. So um, Whitey Bulger, American gangster from Boston, has a saying and he says, I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. <laughs> I was like, whoa. But I love it's funny. We, yeah, we were talking to my wife is an artist and uh, she uh, she's got a photo shoot coming up. She's going to be featured in a magazine. And we were talking about uh, she was discussing what clothes she might want to wear for the photo shoot. And, and I, I was I said, honey, whatever clothing you have on, the fact that you're wearing it, you're making it what you need to wear. You're making it the right clothes to have on. You're making it awesome. J just to your point, you know, uh, th this moment, JP, this moment that we are experiencing together right now and the moment that everyone is experiencing as they watch or listen to our conversation, this is our opportunity to bring God or the quantum field to life. This is our opportunity to be an island. This is it, right? I love it. It's so good. Um, and then, so beliefs. So we have these beliefs and we didn't pick them. They kind of happen just from our environment. Like you said, like depending on what culture you grew up, nationality, country, what you watched, what your parents did, who, everything, right? And the people who love you help you give you these beliefs. But then we carry them through life thinking that this is all of us and we have to stick that's what the blockages you're talking about blockages, right? That glass ceiling that they're missing. It's because they're blocked from some belief. And so as you have these beliefs, can you just get rid of them and drop them and change them in an instant? It's a good question. A, a question I suspect you have some very good answers to yourself. Um, here's, here's my working uh, knowledge of our subconscious. Our subconscious operates on something, I, I call it low wall security, right? It, it has one job. It, it, it uh, uh, soaked up what, what, what became our beliefs and its job from here on out has been to keep us safe and alive. It does that by manifesting a life for us that, it is, that is as predictable and reliable as possible as possible, right? We know life is always throwing us curveballs, but by keeping those beliefs that it soaked up unchanged, it guarantees that 
at least it will be as predictable and reliable as possible, thus giving us the best chances of surviving, you know, on an ongoing basis. So it does this with low wall security. It does this by A, it does not understand word-based communication. It does not understand logic. So uh, the bad news is that when I'm giving myself positive affirmations, that is having no effect on my subconscious. Uh, and and there's a second reason why that's happening, and that's because the subconscious only speaks the language of emotional honesty. It 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 speaks the language of emotions. It's it it traffics in emotions, right? That's how it communicates. But only emotions that match the beliefs that are already in there will affect it. So picture this. I'm in a situation where I'm using a traditional positive affirmation. Well, first of all, I'm never going to do that unless I'm displeased with my life. I mean, I don't use a traditional positive affirmation when I'm very pleased and fulfilled by my life. I might be grateful and I might, you know, express gratitude. But no, a positive affirmation is put into play when I'm unhappy and displeased and unfulfilled. So already we know that whatever I say, potentially in a traditional positive affirmation is going to fly right over the head of my subconscious because the emotions associated with what I'm saying are completely uh, a quantum leap from what's already in there. Now, a traditional positive affirmation definitely is going to almost always help me feel better in the moment. It's going to improve perhaps my mood, my affect, it's going to affect my conscious mind and my conscious awareness. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Those are good things, right? As long as we understand that when it comes to parts of our life that we're not normally on track the way we really want, positive affirmations we don't want to be using to grow our beliefs because our beliefs our subconscious shuts access off immediately when it recognizes any kind of quantum leap, which speaks to your question. Uh, you know, I don't know how what your experience has been, JP, uh, but for me, it doesn't matter how many times I repeat a quantum leap type positive affirmation or self-talk. Um, it has always helped me feel better. It has never reliably changed my reality in ways that I've wanted to. The way the ways that I've been able to change my reality in the ways that I truly desire, with the big stuff, you know, having a soulmate, having wealth, having a fulfilling career, being, uh, a, you know, an invested parent, those sorts of things. Uh, growing my beliefs into alignment, it, it takes a, a level of patience. It takes a level of commitment. It takes a level of persistence. It's not rocket science. My process is very simple, very straightforward. It just takes patience, persistence, and commitment. The good news is, I don't know what your practice has been like. In my belief raising process, we start manifesting a different version of reality right out of the gate because we begin to slowly align our beliefs right out of the gate. It might not be what we're eventually 
you know, looking for as our, uh, you know, where we want to build a house in this part of our life, but it gets better right from the start. Yeah. So the emotion is the big part, right? If you don't fake it till you make it, you're saying it's not going to work. You have to have the emotion. And so thoughts are electric. Emotions are magnetic. You send out the thought in the quantum field. It vibrates along until it finds its match. But the emotion is what's going to attract it and pull it back to you what you want. And then the very end part of what you just said that you can do it is it reminds me of running, right? So I did a marathon early this year. I was telling you my first marathon. And on day one, I did not believe it. Like if you said, let's go do it. I said, no, I don't believe it. I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. But I did believe that I can work towards it. And so it was almost, I did it for me, but I did it for so many other people. I told you about the mental health groups. That's kind of who I did it for because they're really stuck in the, in the beliefs and understanding it, right? They're just, they see their life and they think it's just like this and it's going to be like that forever and there's no changing it. And so I set out to prove, look, you can do whatever you want, even if you don't believe it today and you can work towards it. You make a plan, you follow the plan, you show up, even if you don't feel like it, you have discipline. And just, you learn, right? You figure out how to do it. But you got, you're right about the emotion. So my emotion was so strong that that happened. And maybe if I didn't have the emotional attachment, maybe, yeah, I quit halfway through or, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah I agree. The universe responds to the vibrations of my, what I would call authentic emotions. My conscious mind responds to vibrations of manufactured emotions just fine. The universe isn't, quite, in my experience, as quick to respond to manufactured emotional vibrations, which is why, uh, ultimately, uh, I, I look at, you know, when I think back to some of the, well, the most successful people I've had the privilege of working with and coaching, one common characteristic I find, a thread running through that I have adopted, is a willingness to use my use the the reality I manifest to inform me rather than define me, and uh, as you mentioned, you know when when feelings feelings uh, serve a seminal role. Uh, they're 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 an essential tool as a feedback loop regarding the reality I'm manifesting. When the feedback loop is displeasing, painful, uh, unfulfilling, frustrating, that is like a red light warning going off saying, Greg, Greg, the beliefs that you inherited and carried into this moment are incapable of manifesting a version of reality here that matches your desires. And of course, sometimes, sometimes that's going to happen, right? Like when, um, when, my, when my father dies... I'm going to be getting a feedback in the form of feelings that says, Greg, your beliefs are incapable of manifesting a version of reality that you truly desire. And that's because my beliefs are incapable of manifesting a version of life where my father's still alive. Well, even in those instances, it's of value to me to be aware of that, to learn from that, to be open to that, uh, However, we both know there are plenty of times in our life where we're getting that feedback and it's not really warranted. Like uh, when I'm getting feeling feedback from my interaction with my wife that says, I'm 
on my own. I'm unloved. Well, of course, it's it's possible that my wife that that's accurate. It's of course that's possible. But in parts, it, when it, when when I know that that more than that is not only possible, but it's a very reasonable explanation and uh, and expectation, and and probably something I've put a lot of of effort and intention into, you know, developing and manifesting and growing. Those are the parts of my life where I really get interested in manifesting things differently. You know, uh, I'm not so much focused on manifesting a magical ability to snap my fingers and make a pot, uh, make a pot of gold appear. I don't want to invest the time in learning to do that. Although hypothetically, theoretically, it, it, we can't say it's impossible. What I'm interested in manifesting is love and intimacy and fulfillment and success and uh, efficacy and value and, and worth, you know, those, those types of experiences. And every moment of my life is that opportunity to manifest, just as you said, you know, we start, we do, we give it our best, we manifest and we get feedback from the reality we manifest. And that feedback then can inform us moving forward rather than defining our meaning as human beings, good or bad. I don't want my meaning defined by my reality. Yeah, that's beautiful. And especially the idea of good or bad. And so if you're, if you, not if you don't think you're doing it, you're doing it anyway, even the good or in the bad, right? So people are like, oh, well, you guys are lucky or this is that and nothing ever happens for me. But you're doing it. You are manifesting that because you're saying like nothing good ever happens for me. So, okay. The universe is like, okay. But um, yeah, I want to definitely respect your time. So let's stop. We'll shift over maybe. Okay. I saw something that you ran. You've run like 10,000 miles in your running career. Is that true? Like how... That's amazing. So how long have you been running for? I just, I guess this is me because I love running now. So it's like, I want to know all about it. Uh, well, JP, I, that 10,000 miles, I started using uh, a running app called RunKeeper uh, in 2016. I think my first run on RunKeeper was March 20th, 2016. It's definitely 2016. And I think that's the date. And since that time, yeah, I'm closing in on 10,000 miles. I am an avid runner. Um, and you know what? Running is, it is a perfect metaphor in many ways for manifesting because um, as a runner, I don't have distance goals. I don't have pace goals. Uh, I have time goals. I'm I I say like I'm going to run later today, and I'm and I so I say I'm going to go out and I'm going to run for an hour, maybe a little more. And during this hour, every moment, I'm going to treat as an opportunity for me to give my best whole self effort to hold my body in form and move my body through space. So using my whole body, my breath, every aspect of myself and and you know the metaphor part you know that that's that doesn't that sound like what we were saying about manifesting earlier 
every moment is my opportunity to intentionally manifest my life and myself as I truly desire. Well, in running, every moment is my opportunity to hold myself in form and use my whole self to do that uh, and move myself through space. And just like in life, sometimes when I'm running, everything's perfect. You know, nothing hurts. Uh, the, I'm running on flat ground. The sun's out. It's, you know, 72 degrees. And I, I don't have any time constraints. It's beautiful, right? Sometimes that happens. But how often does that happen in actual practice, you know, here in four-dimensional space-time? No, 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 JP. A part of my body always hurts. Uh, I've got something to do later. Um, it's raining. It's freezing. It, You know, there, I, there's a giant hill. There's always something. And you know what? No matter what it looks like, though, all of those moments are still the same opportunity. You know, some might be a little more challenging, but I will say this, you know, uh, we do, I am manifesting every part of my life, including the unwanted parts of it. I really want to challenge people that are listening, though, to let go of blame. We did not choose our beliefs. We did not select our beliefs from a buffet line. We weren't empowered. We, we soaked them in. We needed them. And the people who gave them to us, they did the best they could, but they could only transfer what they knew. So we're not responsible for the beliefs that we bring into this moment, which are manifesting our life and, and creating some of the unpleasant parts of it. Absolutely, they are creating some of the unpleasant parts of it. We're not responsible for them, but we are empowered to change them. If we're so inclined. And I, and, you know, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm always inclined. I always want to manifest a better versions of life. Yeah, for sure. One thing I would add to that is like those, it's, it's similar, the emotions, right? Like some people would, you feel sad or low and you try to force it away or distract yourself from it, but it's like, just sit with it. It will go away. I think the Dalai Lama says something about what I'm feeling that way. That's when I'm not going to do too many big things or start doing projects or Sometimes not even speak. He's like, that's when I go and retreat because it will pass, right? If you let it. But once you're trying to resist it and distract it, it's not going to go away. It's like a band-aid. So definitely love that. Um, this is a phase four podcast and part of the phase four in the six phase meditation by Vichin Lakiani is all about creating your future three years out. So where is Greg three years from today? I'll tell you the first thing, Greg, three years from today is thanking current Greg so profusely, you know, for being such a great ally, you know, and, and that is actually, uh, <laughs> JP, I'm, 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 I'm currently, uh, putting the finishing touches on my brand new coaching program. It's a 90 day coaching program that kicks off January 15th. And each week, one of the things that I do with the folks I'm working with is we conduct a quantum experiment at, that aligns with the intentional manifesting learning standard that we're studying that week. Um, one of my experiments is to actively um, thank past Greg for things that he's done and, you know, uh, 
say you're welcome to future Greg for all the thanks that he's giving to me right now, energetically inhabiting those spaces. So three years from now, it's funny, I, I, was, I'm telling, I was telling my wife this the other day, when I talk about things that I want to happen, like for example, three years from now, I, I will tell you one thing, I want to absolutely be having, be putting on weekend retreats, personal growth retreats, spiritual growth retreats, small group in a just a phenomenal, warm, picturesque location uh, where we spend an entire weekend together uh, learning and growing. Uh, and, and so when I'm talking about something like that, and it hasn't happened yet, what I like to say is that I want to talk about a future reality that is happening right now. It, I'm already experiencing this. I'm just not living in that moment currently yet, but it's, it's already happening. And, and I, I believe that a hundred percent. I'm already at that retreat. I'm a, you might be there too. I don't know if that, you know, taps into anything that, that you desire, but I am there with a small group of people and we are sharing love, intention, wisdom, insight. We are learning and growing together. And I am leading and coaching that weekend in a, in a life-changing way. That's so beautiful. I love it. Um, like I said, I just went to a retreat, so I know exactly those feelings. And it's important to go to these things. Eh? You do the work, you have your own, but it's important to go with a group of people who want the same kind of lifted up. And um, yeah, I would definitely go to something like that. I think another part of it is, um, oh, so I teach this writing workshop I was telling you about. And one of the, the writing exercises is to do exactly that. It's to go in the future and not only just write what you want, but then come back and write like as if it's already happened. Right. And then mm -hmm. that helps pull you towards it. And then I would also love to know you have nine books right now. Is that correct? Can you talk about some of them or are they all different or is it along the same kind of themes or? Every book is about more intentionally manifesting your reality. Every book is about empowering yourself to be a more influential architect of your life. Um, every book only comes from my lived experience and lived experiences. Um, I do not write about uh, theoretical, hypothetical things that, that someone perhaps ought to do, and I don't write down things that I pluck from conventional wisdom. I only write about things that, that I do, ways that I'm living that work and are successful. So uh, to that point, my latest book, which is called A Handbook for Those Already Born, uh, How to Manifest Better Versions of Reality. I published that in September, a couple months ago. And uh, it it had been four years, I think, since my previous book, uh, which is called The 30-Second Soulmate. I'm sorry, 30-Minute Soulmate. <laughs> 30 seconds. Maybe that's uh, part two, 30-Second Soulmate. But uh, uh, that... I in the in the the years between the thirty minute soulmate and a handbook for those already born, I've got 
four or five manuscripts on Google Drive right now. I mean, one of them, I think, is 35,000 words long. And I just got, I would write to a point and I said, hey, I need to learn and grow more. This, this, I like what I've created, but I, I knew, I know, and I can feel it. I need to learn and grow more. I need, you know, and, and ultimately, I want to say that, uh, you know, JP, the way, <laughs> what we now know about how, the universe really works, it's not necessary to do anything to manifest something. That is not necessary. Cause and effect is not a universal law. However, sometimes it is necessary for me to do things so that I can believe I can manifest something. And you know what? That's the way my books work. When I have lived enough proof that it's time to write about it again that's when i write that's when i'll write about it again yeah yeah it's important to like make the evidence right in your own experience like become the architect of your life but like you make the evidence and then you go back and look and be like okay i did this and so then you can do more i love it i think it's powerful and also the you didn't say, I think I need to put the book down, right? You said, I, I felt like I had to put it down till it's ready because you need to grow more. I think I was telling you off there, same idea, but it's so important to like trust those feelings and intuition instead of just trying to think. What do we think? That's when we get stuck and messed up the most is when we start, we're in our head thinking, 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 and what are you saying? So um, maybe as we move towards the end, if this resonates with you, please like, subscribe, share, and follow and check out Greg, Manifest the Big Stuff. And Greg Cooney is our guest today. And he, obviously this conversation is definitely resonates with my audience, quantum physics, all these kind of things. So um definitely grateful. But as we kind of wind down, maybe is there some other parts that I didn't get to? I know you're you're doing so many different things. So anything that I didn't get to or any messages that you'd like to leave for the people? That's, uh, you know, uh, here's, here's one thing that I would like to say, uh, and JP, you know this, and your listeners know this, you know, we're people with a growth mindset, uh, people who believe that more is possible, which I know you're one, and I would imagine that your listeners also would count themselves in that camp. We're always, uh, the beneficiaries of good new information. There's always room for more good information, right? There's always room for more good instruction. And to that effect, I, I one thing I would say, you know, I've, I've got a 28 year background in education, a very successful background in education. Uh, so when I write and when I build coaching programs, I know a lot about teaching and learning and I, I know how to make it happen. And one of the things that I carry into my second career here, my practice currently, which I want to encourage your listeners and to, to do likewise, is to adopt something called formative assessment. And that's an education ease, right? Formative assessment. Uh, that, that's the nomenclature of a professional educator. I just want to say really simply, there are two kinds of assessments, right? 
There's a summative assessment and a formative assessment. And a summative assessment, that's the final exam. You know, that's that's like when we were in school, the teacher said, okay, JP, uh, we're done with chapter three. Here's your test. Take it. However well you do, that's what you get. It's over. We're moving on, right? That's a summative assessment. A formative assessment is an assessment whose only purpose is to guide the teacher and the learner in ongoing learning, to let all the parties know where we still want to learn and grow and where we still need to learn and grow. And every single thing that happens to us in our life, even though many of them are, are you know, carry a lot more weight uh, uh, of importance, and obviously there's a wide variety in outcomes, but every single outcome is a formative assessment and should be assessed formatively. Its only purpose is to inform you and guide your ongoing efforts to manifest it the way you truly want. And we can learn to do that. And we and you know that we do learn to do that. And so do your listeners. But oftentimes, in every single one of us needs assistance, getting through a glass ceiling, you know, as successful as we are. Beautiful. And then <clears throat> this is, it sounds like harmonizing the inner and the outer. Is that part of it? Well, as you well know, the our outer world is a projection or reflection of our inner world. And in my experience, our inner world, what we really are, is energy. I call it light and love. It is the light and energy of love, of God, of the quantum field, of the one consciousness. That's what's really inside us. And when when we have limiting beliefs, when we have inherited beliefs that are incapable of manifesting versions of reality we truly desire, those limiting beliefs, they obstruct that light. They stand between that light and the outer world and the shadows they cast, the shadows cast by the obstructing limiting beliefs, those we can think of as the displeasing, painful versions of reality that elicit those painful and displeasing feeling feedback. Yeah. What it sounds like there is like, love is like where you want to be and the limiting beliefs just come from fear. And so if you can get through the fear and see the love, then it's almost like just you unblock it. It is. My on on in my belief raising process, I uh, you use a uh, emotional reference chart as a compass, and love is the that's the top emotional perspective. That's it. That's that's where our most fulfilling versions of reality are manifest. Yeah, I I agree, and I've seen it from all different sides, and I've been there, low, high, everywhere, and that's where you want to be at the top is definitely love. So I think my final question is, how can people reach you? People reach me, did you say? Yes, sir. Wow. Well, I try to make myself as easy as possible to reach. So uh, I, I know I'm going to share some links with you. Uh, and of course, I have a website, 
and you can learn about my coaching there. You can get access to my books there. Um, you, you can learn, you can get access to everywhere you can access me from there. But I'd also like to encourage people to uh, look up my Facebook manifesting group. Uh, it's free, of course, and uh, that's a great place to reside where you won't uh, have any you know, podcasts or guest appearances or programs uh, pass you by without being notified. Also, in that Facebook manifesting group, I share uh, unique content every month that's available nowhere else. Likewise, with my email newsletter, I do the same thing. Uh, you get exclusive content there. All these places are accessible through my website, which is manifestthebigstuff.com. Perfect. And well, yeah, we'll put all those in the show notes. And sometimes I think this should be called the Lightworker Podcast. And I'm definitely grateful for you today, Greg. You're a lightworker and I love it. So thank you so much for your time today. Hey, JP, you, your energy is palpable. I have fed off it for the last hour. I have really enjoyed this time together. And I will tell you, we we delivered on our intention to create something of value. And I'm really proud. I'm honored that you allowed me to be a part of it. Thank you. <laughs>